I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Welcome back to the French Rugby Podcast with me, Tim Groves, ex-Scotland International and a doctor Frenchman, Johnny BT. And I think they must be queuing up, Johnny, to come on after the World Cup. but. We've got another South African flying his trade in the top 14 coming on the show shortly. Stade Francais, JJ Vandermest is joining us to talk swapping South Africa for life in the French capital and much more besides, I'm sure. First though, how's your week, Johnny? Busy? No, mate. It's been awesome. <laughs> World Cup is finished. I took four days off. I did absolutely nothing. Barely left the house. I think I was absolutely wrecked, as was everyone that was over there or over here, sorry, socializing and working. So no four days off, downtime. And just sort of nice to regenerate, mate. Kids were on holiday as well, so that was manic. The first few days got one day off. Jen and I did absolutely nothing. Went out for a nice lunch and had a quiet day, basically. Um, but no, it's been really chilled. Top 14 is back. Bit of normality back to life, which is cool. And yeah, been a quiet time. So no, pumped, energised and recovered after the World Cup. And you did leave the house to do trick-or-treating. We covered that one. <laughs> Any bonfires? Uh, no, we did trick-or-treating, so we went around Hossegore, and it's interesting over here because you don't go around to people's houses, well you can if you want, but they generally they do it through the shop, so all the kids get dressed up, each little town paints itself orange, so to speak, like a pumpkin, and then you go around all the different shopkeepers and they give the kids the bonbons, the sweets, so we did that, and then obviously we came home, put the shutters down, turned all the lights off, nobody came to our house, um, and just got on with it and ate all the sweets, so no, Halloween is done, and mate, all of a sudden Christmas is nearly around the corner, so... One thing done, on to the next. Now trying to scrabble around, figure out what to get Christmas presents for the Santa job for the missus. Um, but yeah. I like that shop's idea. Far less invasive. I had a group of lads come around, not even on Halloween, not dressed up, trick or treat. Really, mate? What would you do? Uh, yeah. I, I slam, that, slam the door in their face, mate. That's what I do. <laughs> and the, hor- the weird thing is as well, like you don't even have to work for it now. I remember like no. my mum, minimal effort, sheet over your head, two holes in it, you're a ghost, right? Go and tell jokes. You had to basically busk for your sweets, whereas now literally the kids just run around chap doors and beg the shopkeepers for sweets. Sometimes like, not even that. Sometimes there's a bucket of sweets on the front door. <laughs> just take them. Well, if I was a shopkeeper, I wouldn't want the kids in my house either. I don't yeah. want them in my house. Normally, I wouldn't want them in my shop. So yeah, mate, hilarious. But so funny how they do it over here. Completely different to back in the day and the hoops you had to jump through at Halloween. Easy these days. And you mentioned back to proper rugby now. Glitz and glamour of the World Cup in the rearview mirror back to exactly what we've historically come to know the top 14 for as well. Seven home wins out of seven. Natural order restored, home wins, mate. But to be honest, as much as I loved the World Cup and everyone loved the World Cup, I have missed the top 14. I've missed the carnival nature of 
the tribalism of the different towns of Toulon going to Perpignan and playing and the different fans and the different grounds. And also it's a seasonal change, right? So we've had this sort of summer rugby almost apart from the last two rounds of the World Cup. Now you're back into the dark winter nights, the gloomy, the sort of marathon, like they've got 15 games back to back, but like great crowd, some awesome rugby at the weekend. Um, but it's just what we know, isn't it? It's what we love. So good to see the top 14 back and the characters doing their thing on the circuit at the weekend. And you weren't surprised last week by La Rochelle losing at home to cast. This week, they lost at Oyana. Should they be worried, surprised by that? It's interesting because the, the one man, and I can't tell if he's joking, but Rog came out after the game and he was like, something's got to fucking change. I just hope it's not the coach. That was his quote after the game. He's like, something's got to change. But look, essentially any side that is shorn of their power players, so they don't have Antonio, they don't have Skelton, they don't have Aldrit, they don't have, don't like, they don't have the firepower that they normally would have. So it, it didn't surprise me that Cass went there and went last week because they haven't lost anyone. And Oya and I are a good side. Like Joel Ab used to coach me at Cast. He's a good coach, level-headed. They've recruited really well. Mignotti at 10 kicked absolutely everything, played the conditions really well. So no, it's, it's not surprising, uh, bizarrely, especially when you know how a home, a home crowd can really get you up. You go to Oya it's, it's not an easy place to go and play. So delighted for Oya strangely, in that you want to see these guys at the bottom chugging away through and not losing points early. I was also delighted to see Perpignan beat Toulon at the weekend, their first one of the season. So what catalyst will that be for them? But yeah, wasn't surprised for La Rochelle on their loss, but clearly they're going to get much stronger and quicker when they get their players back, which should be over the next two weekends. You mentioned Perpignan's win over Toulon. The tackle on Emerick Luke has gone viral, but just generally, how good was Pasolo to Alangi? Mate, his try last week as well. He's just like, in a land of mutants, which is what the top 14 is, you've got your Paul Valencia's, you've got Manny Miafu, you've got JJ, who we're about to speak to, who must be tipping nearly 140 kgs of what He's some of the biggest number fives on the planet, all playing the rugby in France. And Pasolo, like every single game, he seems to grow. You forget how young he is as well. He's not even 20. Mm. Um, so physically extremely gifted, but gets through hard work as well. It'd be very easy just to be sort of sloppy and lazy, but really tough to stop in the carry. Defensively comes up with big turnovers as well. Like he rips the ball off people like they're children. So an absolute monster. Uh, huge hit on Emmerich Luke as well, who's an old teammate of mine from Bayonne. Not going to lie, he's giving away a bit of weight, so we'll let him <laughs> away with it. But he got absolutely, I mean, he must be a third of the body weight. Um, but he got absolutely smoked by Big Pasolo. So man, amazing to see. Great for Perpignan. Disappointment, I guess, for Dan Bigger. I think we all saw the mm. replays of his back going as well. Obviously, from carrying Wales over the past decade, it started to go <laughs> a little bit. Um, but I mean, you just hope that that isn't long-term, that you can fix that. And normally, each club out here has got an osteo, you've got sent to a specialist. So hopefully, that won't keep him out too long because you want to have him have a huge impact on Toulon over the course of the season too. And one of the other big results, Poe, top the top 14 now for the second week running. Joe Simmons at 10, in from Exeter, and they beat Toulouse 13-9. But I'm not going to lie, it wasn't the most glamorous fixture. Toulouse mm. were absolutely dreadful. But Poe just doing what they need to do. Um, it's so hard when you play. It's weird. It's like watching France. When you've got Melvin Jaminet at the back, he kicks the ball so far. It seemed like Poe had to come a real distance to do anything or get their hands on the ball. But when they did, they were decent. They carried well. They battered the Toulouse pack up front in tight with pick and goals, you know, first pod runners. And then they were creative, like they were trying things, but it's difficult conditions, right? We just spoke about the wet winter conditions in the south of France and um, which make it hard. So Toulouse wasn't their best performance, but, you know, Port were just plugging away. 
under Picaronis, who, you know, young upcoming coach. He's got a side that's organized, is gritty, difficult to beat. Scrum time, they're actually difficult as well. It was a real lottery at some stages against Owen Franks, who um, is getting to grips with the top 14 as well and different rules and regulations and how the scrummage is officiated over here. But it's another massive one for Poe. Like, that's huge to be top at this stage after where they were last season, you know, down in the bottom of the basement and scrapping it out with Perpignan and Breve. A huge result for them and they'll take massive confidence. So well done to Poe. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Let's get our guest on now then. And he was part of a big win in the top 14 at the weekend as well. We can have a chat with a man who's made a big impression in the French capital since arriving at Stade Francais from South Africa. Second row, JJ Vandermesh joins us. How you doing? I'm good himself. We're good. We will come on to your journey in a minute and how you came to be in Paris, but big win over Cast at the weekend. And it was the first official game for Laurent Labitte and Karim Gazelle. So how have they gone? Oh, very good. It's um, awesome to have a high caliber coaching staff like that. Um, something uh, really makes a big impression on the players. You can see the respect is there. So that's that's good. And some new players and stuff. And we really came together as a team and I really enjoyed it. You can see us just enjoying playing rugby. So that's that's amazing. Has the change been that noticeable that quickly? Like Karim and Laurent, the reputation they come with. We're not going to talk about previous staff and coaches that you've had, but are these guys clearly on another level? Because we've seen what they've done with the French team with Fabien Galtier and they given you a massive boost. Yeah, definitely. Bringing the confidence uh, Karim had on me, um, trying to help me as a player as well to improve. That really impressed me and giving me the confidence uh, in my ability. And uh, yeah, it's you can see the change. Obviously, um, they, they're bringing a, a level that I, obviously I've never been coached by an international coach. So that gives a massive boost to you. And you can see the players respect them and listen and they bring something new, different roles, stuff that works and not doing the same thing over obviously they have been involved with france we mentioned this was their first official game but just give us a sense of how involved they've been in pre-season and before the weekend as well uh it was all they've they've come and seen us chat about it the goals and everything they weren't too much involved in pre-season they did come and see have a chat with us talking about the game plan obviously they had a big task uh coaching the french team so um they we understood they it was a big goal for France to do well, and they they played full, so we understood that. And uh, uh, Gazi took over, and he did a great job. And you mentioned some of the chat that Kareman maybe had with you before. Like when you look at the French team and you look around the top fourteen, it's the land of giants, right? You look at some of the fives that are in this competition. 
big role man, Taj Fenua, he's coming to the end. Paul Valemse, you've got Posolo Tuilagi, who's coming through, Manny Miafu and yourself. But there's been a fascination and a real clamour for big, powerful, heavy, strong number fives in this competition. So when Kareem sits you down, what is it that he's looking for? Massive fan of it during the French team and when he was part of the Lyon setup. But in that sort of one-to-one time, what is he asking you for in your time now coming into your prime at Stade Francais? Oh, just bringing my physicality and the, the things I can do. Obviously, we can do, our big boys can do certain things other guys can't. And people sometimes look behind our weight and the things we can do. And obviously, it's a whole team. So you need tools. So in the scrum, where we bring that extra weight and that power in the carrying in the, and in the malls. And it's stuff that makes a small difference. So the confidence he brings into me is like, he wants to maybe the second does the best lock in top 14 and uh, having the chat with me and stuff. And it, and it was amazing. Uh, obviously not knowing anything about him and he just coming and saying he wants me to be the pillar uh, up there and uh, I, I'm going to take that challenge and go over. In terms of that role of the big number five lock that seems inherent in France's rugby culture at the moment, is that? similar to how it is in South Africa or is there a, a difference there? Um, the role of big lock in South Africa was always there. But I think I surpassed that level of what they they wanted. They have big locks that are obviously they want him to be uh, jumping in the lineouts and um, doing like obviously be everywhere on the field. So basically like the uh, number four moving around, running around more. And with us we can do that as well, but obviously not as much as the other locks or the players in South Africa. So it makes it harder for us to to set up to that level. They want us to to play at, where they overlook what we can do as a as a player, getting that go forward. And it's hard to stop our big boys, as you can see in the top fourteen, and uh, with the mauls and the scrums. So yeah, wanted to ask you also about. Gonzalo Quesada. So a man that's left the club, but he's now gone to Italy. How tough was it to look on and see your head coach go through what he had to go through last season and that it was announced he was leaving, but you've got a whole year left to coach. And ultimately, you did a phenomenal job, played some really good rugby, got to the barrage. So what was that like knowing Gonzalo was leaving? And I guess disappointment, not send him away with a title, but proud of the performance throughout the season? Like, how, how would you leave that? Yeah, it was tough for him. Uh, he's a great guy, great coach. Really like I say he works as you as a person you're really involved in what what you need and if you're okay and stuff uh very great guy I have massive respect for Gonza um also he's the one that gave me the opportunity to come to start so I was very happy I said always I back him and uh, his decision and I know it was tough for him but he handled it amazingly knowing that he he has coaching but he never took a step back um, did everything well. He's, he told us he's going to leave, but he's focused still on us. He never shed off it, always there, always focused. And uh, that was amazing. Uh, real professionalism from him and just a absolute great guy. And then obviously you've gained a couple of coaches from the French setup, but one's gone the other way as well. Lauren Sempere has gone to be an assistant to Fabian Galtier. Yeah. So give us a kind of insight into what people can expect from him in the front setup. Lolo is a great coach as well. Um, so he's been wanting me to come to start since I was 18. Always had an eye on me and everything. Uh, also 
just a lot of confidence in in my in my ability and stuff. He's going to bring different something different. Great lineout coach, also in the rucks and uh, the malls and stuff. So I think it's going to be massive for them. He brings the same kind of energy and uh, respect as Karim. So I think he's going to do well. And so, mate, he's the man, I guess, that persuaded you to come over. You came over age 22, yeah. and, and that's quite a big change. So, like, how long was he pesting you before he finally persuaded you to come to Paris? And from the outside, like, things look like were going incredibly well for you in South Africa as well. So how big a choice and decision was that to move to Paris? Uh, yeah, it took, a, I think, after the, on the on the 20 World Cup, he really put a lot, like, he was on me. He's like, yeah, it would be a great opportunity for me to come over and I was listening to it and stuff, but obviously I wasn't ready to go over yet. Um, so I was still young, like you said. I was I was playing for the Sharks. I was doing well. Uh, we came close. Uh, we lost in the Curry Cup final, uh, and then we got into Curry Cup final again. For I didn't play the because I left, so it was going well. And yeah, uh, just it was hard for me because uh, I wasn't starting as much at the Sharks, and um, the excuse was always there that I need to lose some more weight and. All those things that me and the head coach at the time didn't really see eye to eye because he wanted, he, when I say, he, he wanted me to do things that I wasn't capable of. He wanted to me play, play me as loose forward as well, play a couple games at seven. And he really wanted me to take that role of playing lock and seven, uh, which he wanted me to go to a weight where uh, I was at when I was 16 and it was hard for me to go back to there. So I didn't play much. You uh, expected a lot of me. So I think that was the final push uh, for me deciding to go over and uh, taking opportunity to come to start. And for me, it was a, I always wanted to play in the top 14. I uh, didn't think I was going to come over so early. Yeah, and it just it was the final push. After, I think it was after the British Lions game we played against them. Um, I think that was the final thing. Like, yeah, uh, maybe it was my opportunity to go over and uh, play against the best players in the world and uh, not just play because at the moment we were just playing because it was COVID playing just South African teams and I, I feel like I wanted to play in a bigger competition against different players something that I've never done and uh, yeah that was the mindset going forward It's amazing isn't it Johnny it's very kind of individual if you had a different coach at that time they wouldn't be asking you to kind of potentially play in the back row at times to to lose this weight another coach would kind of value and all of a sudden you find yourself on the other side of the world and that's it and you find also the fact that somebody's asking you i'm not going to ask you what you weighed age 16 because it'll be more than i weighed throughout <laughs> the entirety of my career it would just be no, funny I, but I, I can tell i can tell you i was 125 when i was 16 jeepers so the most i ever weighed was about 107 and yeah. that was me eating 27 meals a day and weight training <laughs> and like but every morphology is different right yeah and that's it whereas like your coach at that time wanted you to do something different and wanted you to be extra lean and become a hybrid. Whereas there's a purity and a real reliance on big, heavy, strong, powerful athletes that play five in the top 14. There's a real value to it. So yeah. that's it. The way it doesn't work. And again, you have to be philosophical with every coach. There's ups and downs and disagreements, but it's something he doesn't see fits, but it fits perfectly in France in the top 14. They love their big physical athletes and that's where you are. So mate, it's cool. And that's it. You're now where you're appreciated. It was Laurent that brought you over. Now you've got a coaching team that's already said they want you to become the top lock in the league. That isn't going to be easy because there's some big boys you have to roll over as well. But it's an outstanding challenge. So it must be exciting for you. No, it's very exciting. Yeah, a big competition. Uh, so like as well, like Phil Skelton. And uh, I know Paul, uh, we grew up together. Uh, we're in the same church. So I know Paul Willems quite well. 
known him since I think I was four years old. So also another year I looked up to um, when I was younger and stuff. And uh, also a great guy to look up to and what he's done coming to France. I uh, also had a big opportunity in South Africa as well. And then he took the opportunity with both hands to come to France. And then he played for France. So I think at the moment, that is my goal to work hard, become one of the pillars of top 14, and then uh, hopefully get an opportunity to play for France. Did you speak to Paul, presumably, before you made the move to get his advice? When you were both four years old and you weighed 95 <laughs> kgs, when you had that <laughs> conversation at church? No, he's quite older than me. Um, I was still in primary school when he finished school so yeah, i love this paul listen to this yeah he's ancient paul he's done. <laughs> compared to me yeah <laughs> but yeah was he was he helpful definitely and uh his mom my mom uh, were talking and stuff and uh what has done for him as a player and uh for his family and everything so yeah definitely one of the big um things and also chatting to someone like um villa Mulberts, who was at the club definitely helped me a lot to make the decision so let's get down to it then. You said it there. Part of the motivation, I guess, behind the move, Lauren obviously texting you, messaging you, saying, come on, do it from the age of 18. Part of it is, that is the goal, to play for France. Yeah. At the moment, um, like I said, my, my goal is to play international. It always has been. And obviously, I would have loved to play for the Springboks, but I just don't fit the portfolio. I've been to the camps. I played in the green and gold um, game. Um, so I was in the in the camps. Uh, I played junior box. I played SA schools and all those things. And it was always a dream to play for the spring box. But if the opportunity is there for me to play for France, uh, I'll take it. How far are you from qualified, mate? Uh, this is my uh, third year now. So obviously two years left. Because when we look around and we see Manny Miafu, who will be yeah. qualified, what we're recording this today is Wednesday. He gets his French passport tomorrow. Yeah. But again, a huge excitement. And you mentioned there the Springboks and that ship has sailed, but potentially an opportunity to team up with guys like Manny, yeah. with Pozzolo, and form an unbelievable second row that could go to the next World Cup and knock over the Springboks. Like, how incredible would that be? That would be amazing, yeah. The, I think the three powerhouses definitely bringing, especially against a team like South Africa with the physicality, where we can bring that and help uh, the French back with that physicality, I think uh, would be great. And have you had any contact with Fabian Galtier or anyone at the FFR at this stage? Uh, not really. I had a chat to any one of them, obviously, because I'm still so far away from yeah. getting that opportunity. Uh, obviously, chatting to Laurent and stuff, uh, if I work hard, he said, obviously, you can never put that at the back um, that you can play there. So, obviously, just working hard, continuing on my process and just playing every game and getting better, I think the opportunity will get there. And on a broader perspective, Johnny, it's interesting, isn't it? Because this is in the news at the moment because Manny qualifies tomorrow, as you said, and he has been pursued by Australia. We kind of yeah. know in the background, Eddie Jones wanted him to play for Australia. And he said no, because not only is he settled in France, wants to play for France, that's the culture, but but he feels appreciated. And, and that's exactly what you're saying, JJ. You weren't necessarily appreciated when you were in South Africa. Yeah. Who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years? But that feeling of being loved and being appreciated really matters. Yeah, definitely. It it makes a big difference knowing... I know there's a lot of best, good, like, good locks in South Africa. I'm not saying I should have been there or like Eben and Luet and all those guys. Ergea is just amazing players. But feeling that appreciation, like you said, the teams, the, the fans and everyone knowing your potential and what you bring, 
it makes a difference as you as a player. Like, you know, you have the opportunity to get there, which is a massive boost, I think, to any player, knowing that uh, you can get that opportunity, uh, which you can see a lot of South Africans go and play for different countries. Because our, our competition in South Africa is like the, the amount of players of talent is crazy. And it's sad because a lot of players stop playing if they don't get an opportunity because we there's not a lot of teams. And that's why a lot of young players are coming over to France as well. Quite right. And I want to ask you, mate, being based in Paris, what did you make of the World Cup final? So watching South Africa, the journey home, getting back to Joburg. I know we're talking about playing for France, but that pride in being South African and the most fundamental part, so your formative years and growing up there, it must have been incredible to watch. And please tell me there's a little bit of taking the piss out your French teammates as well and a bit of bragging in the changing room. No, definitely. No, it's it's obviously something that will always stay there will always be there and your family and um, a lot of my mates uh, that play for the Springboks and I played with so for for them as well is is amazing the, and just the people understand what it does for our country our country's not always together and this is like one thing that it's amazing to see all the people coming together and it's really something phenomenal like I can't explain it how people come together for for sport is is amazing and i and i really enjoy it the family the fans everyone no it was massive yeah and i did take a piss out of the french team guys <laughs> uh, so uh especially uh no jeremy and jeremy or i didn't have my springbok shirt but jeremy ward was wearing his uh springbok top uh while we were watching the game uh before bayon so he was wearing his springbok top while we were watching the game. Did you all watch it together then? Where did you watch it? Yeah, so we watched it in the hotel because uh, we were there the night before. So we were at the game the next day uh, against Bayonne. So everyone's watching in the team room. So yeah, definitely taking a better the guys. Any bats flying around? We were chatting to on last week's show. There was a couple uh, of bats. Yeah, not really the French guys. I think it's more Guzzy. He's like, he said England's going to beat us. Uh, so obviously... <laughs> Um, with him definitely yeah. we're all against England mate we're all together yeah <laughs> no worries <laughs> mate to talk us through another sapper come Frenchman so Rory Cockett yeah. former teammate of mine we played together at Cast one of the strangest characters but so fun to be in a team with yeah. and also like lovable but hateable at the same time like everything talk us through his journey because retiring being a coach at Cast then getting his boots back on coming back to a preseason where he's a bit of a physical freak so he probably he wasn't even that bothered and then playing against his former team cast that weekend, man of the match. And I'm guessing that's him retired now. I don't know. But like, what's it been like having Rory, who was a one-club man and detested by every other club in the top 14 in Paris? What's that been like? Uh, it's great. Uh, like you would know, he, he likes talking. He does. He does. L- loves taking charge. Taking the piss out of me a lot. <laughs> um, always on my ear. So yeah, his physicality is uh, always there. I think he was working on the farm. Africa and stuff so he was probably fit now coming in he brings a lot of experience and uh, a lot of I'm gonna say yeah he gives good opportunity and and helps the youngsters and help people to um, the right way even though if you don't want to hear it because he's in your ear the whole time uh, which is not always a couple times that in Afrikaans I told him to calm down yeah playing against his own teammates he was he was he was super hype eh? he was in there annoying them especially uh, Steinforth. He was just in there, getting in there. You know what he does. I think playing against Rory is probably the worst thing you can experience. He's like a Jack Russell, just doesn't want to go away. 
especially that game, he was just in the air the whole time. And uh, playing against them is even worse. So, yeah, it's awesome that he came back and got the opportunity to play again and uh, bring that experience of playing with him. Obviously, watching him um, play for the Sharks and stuff. So, it's awesome play with him, playing with him and uh, the help he brings to me as well. Things uh, that I worked on with him, helping me in my carries and stuff. That's great. And uh, I think he's still with us till December. So, it was awesome playing with him and getting the experience of uh, his wisdom the, the, the exp- that he got. I don't know where he got it from, but yeah. Self-designated wisdom. That's what you call it. And you've got it till 100%. December. So enjoy it, mate. <laughs> yeah. I mean, give us examples because like, I've played with him, played against him. I love him. I think he's hilarious. Yeah. Um, but what kind of crap was he giving Tom, big Tom Staniforth at the weekend? Because Fuck. on the field, sometimes he's just impossible. And even when he's on your team, you're like, Mate, shut up. Shut up. Stop yeah. it. Stop it. But it's incredible to be part. So what was he giving Tom at the weekend? No, I was just giving him the yeah. Like every time Rory tackled him once and just fucking lying on him and sorry for swearing. <laughs> um, just getting on him and like pulling him. Come on, you can carry better than that. And just stealing the ball, talking to the ref, even the ref had to even even I'm like, Rory, please just just calm <laughs> down, mate. You're going way too hard. Just giving, I think some of the guys didn't even want to shake his hand after the game because he was just getting in there. So it was, uh, it was funny and a training and stuff. If you do something wrong or he does, he loves doing his own thing. Eh? He's like a coach. He'll always have to say the last thing. So yeah. I mean, he's some boy like that. Yeah. And the thing is, you just have to, it's just Rory. Yeah. Um, and I had a really good catch up with him. Actually, it was Toulouse against not against the South Sea Sharks during the Champions Cup last year. And he was trying to figure out what he was going to do. Was he going to go home and coach? Was he going to stay at Cast another year and coach? But this has just been a complete upside down opportunity. And so very cool for him that he's still fit enough. So why not? Yeah. Like he's 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 a good player. His technical skills are unbelievable. But it's that nuggety Jack Russell, you know, horrible, gnarly little nine that he is and he's physical with it uh, and he's abrasive. And it doesn't matter if you're opposition or on his team. You'll get it no matter what. So, mate, I I love them as a teammate. I find them hilarious. But he also wins you games. Like when you have that sort of niggly side that's you know niggling away at your own side, you have to remember like how many holes has he dug us up? How many games has he won single handedly with a snipe down a blind side with a drop kick from the halfway or an outstanding kicking performance? So he's one of those guys that's lit up the top fourteen and one of the most I would say how to describe him as a teammate like just a proper character. Yeah, I think everyone now is really safe, but Rory's just Rory. He is the way he is, says what's on his mind, and you got to enjoy it. If you don't know him, I think it's tough to to get get along with him the first couple of times. Um, So yeah, I I feel I just feel bad for the fly off that ever plays with him (laughs) because he just yeah he'll tell the fly off what to do. He has a certain reputation from the outside, but it's good to hear he grows on you when you're within that environment. No, if you if you know he doesn't change, you know that's his personality, and you know it's not just an act. That's him through and through. He's never going to change. For a guy that can almost be my dad, he can, <laughs> he, he has more energy than I've ever had in my life. He never stops. And Machine. the most probably the most physical nine I've ever played with, making big hits, stealing balls. And not afraid of anything. The jackling. It's yeah. the amount of turnovers he gets. So like a team a will lot. make a half a yeah. half break. And most nines are like, I'm gonna sit in, you know, yeah. second coverage and wait for the chip. Like if a line break's made, he's up. He just tracks the ball, 
straight in behind that rock. He's incredibly supple. Like, I'm not sure if you've seen the way he works yeah. out. Like, he's so flexible and strong. So, like, he gets into these positions. And, like, I mentioned the ball carries and the goal kicking and the, but the amount of jackal ball he wins for every team. Like, he's a freak show. So, great dude. Miss him. Looking forward to a beer soon, Rory. Catch you soon. From one scrum half to a slightly different type of scrum half, Morgan Parra, who has gone from playing to coaching, and you've seen yeah. that transition. That is a tricky gap to bridge. I mean, how is he getting on? Has he been removed from all the players' WhatsApp groups? Is it Sir <laughs> Parra now? Or, what's it like? Um, yeah, as soon as I heard he's coach, I just got, um, I just, I didn't call him, uh, uh, Morgan anymore. I just said coach the whole time just to <laughs> see what he's going to do. Uh, great player. Vision is amazing. Like the things he sees in a game is fun- like, it's crazy. And especially for me, like running that lines, that's, it's always sometimes difficult to get that ball to me with guys pushing, getting that ball to you is, I don't know how he does it. His kicking game is phenomenal. And as a coach, his vision, like I said, his vision and rep, his, his rep brain is so good. And coming up with the strike plays and the plays, no, nah, I must say, and the transition was because the guys have so much respect for Morgan that they never, they don't take the piss out of him or, or like, oh, he was a player with us. That I think that respect since he's got there was always there. And uh, even if you, when he was playing, he took a role of a coach saying, and the guys always listened. So I think it was quite easy for him to do that. Yeah, we've spoken quite a lot about Morgan over the years, Johnny. And I suppose if there was, any player that you kind of looked at in France and were like, he's going to be a coach, Morgan will be it. Yeah, again, for again, it's the sort of blend of, I guess, superlatives that we've just given Rory in the sort of, he's got that drive, like incredibly driven and competitive, but wonderful technical skills and vision at the same time. And obviously that changes as you get older and your game slows down. But in terms of reading a game, organizing a backline, like these boys are clearly going to become three quarter line coaches and backs coaches initially. And then the little competitive nature to all these Jack Russells is they want more. They want to become head coaches. So each and every one of them that's going into these roles at the minute, you look at Jean-Baptiste Elisal down in Montpellier, uh, Rory Cockett, wherever he's going to end up after this contract, all of these guys are going to end up somewhere. And the weird thing is, mate, like you've actually got quite a bit more change to come this season as well with the players that have either touched down. So you've got Zach Henry, who's come from Poe, a great English boy we've had in the podcast. You've got Brad Weber, all black, who's going to come make an impact as well. Joe Marchant coming over from England. So you've got loads of these different players that are going to come over and add a little bit of, I guess, stardust, if you want, to what now is like a settled team that is playing well functioning. So I know you'll have done it at the start of the year, but aims, hopes, aspirations for this season, obviously a title, but realistically top six and then see how it goes. Yeah, definitely top six focus on massively on the on both comps, not just focusing on one. Usually they focus on one, uh, grabbing the opportunity in both aspects and see, uh, obviously we have a massive pool in the championship, uh, sales sharks, Leicester Tigers and Stormers. So easy. Yeah, easy games. Yeah. Uh, playing against a lot of Sephas in the sales sharks guys I played with, uh, especially, uh, good mates, uh, the, the Priya brothers. Yeah. No, our goals are definitely set, um, well, and like someone like Brad and Zach, and uh, Joe coming in, bringing that extra. Zach has already made a massive difference. Um, great player, great vision as well. Communication is just amazing. His communication uh, is great. Obviously, speaking both French and English makes a massive difference between someone like, obviously, with Brad coming in as nine and uh, with Jeremy 
and now with Joe. Um, so I think that combination is going to be great, especially if Jeremy and Joe play together. Uh, that defense is just going to be something else. Two great guys in defense. Has Joe arrived Yeah, after the World Cup? Yeah, yeah, he's there. Brad is also here. They started this week. Um, already slotting in just so the professionalism of an international player coming in, learning everything very, very quickly. And just catching it like that, like they've been there playing already for a couple of years now already. With them and with Zach, have you had a chance to do any initiations yet? Or have you got anything nice planned um, for them? Yeah, the initiation's coming up. So uh, I think for the week of Poe, I think we're going to do something. Definitely getting the boys in some things. Lucky enough, they uh, think my initiation, they cut off my hair because I was under uh, 24. So... So they obviously over that, so can't do that. But definitely something surprising for them coming up here. Any sneak peeks? Don't give us it all. But we know Zach lo- loves the shoof, doesn't he, Johnny? He loves it. <laughs> Get some shoof involved, whatever it is. But yeah, give us it. Yeah. Any tease? Any? Do you, do you know what it's going to be yet? It's going to be somewhere in Po. I think we're going for a week. All I can say is uh, something. Uh, if you watch Blue Mountain State in the beginning, I think you'll get in your head a bit of the sneak peek if you. If you watched it or seen what happened. Very cryptic. I like it. We're all going to watch Blue Mountain State right now. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Writing it down. Writing it down. Just on the international front, obviously, we chatted about it before. That is obviously your long-term goal. And you mentioned before your last game at the Sharks was against the British and Irish Lions. So what was that like to play in? And at a very young age, was that kind of a good sort of yardstick, I guess, to be like, this is what international rugby is like and this is where I want to be? Yeah, that's also one of the big moves because when I played against them, I can feel the level is just something else uh, compared to playing a, a Super Happy or um, Curry Cup. I knew there's definitely a step up I had to make. And uh, coming to play here, yeah, playing against those players was going to be that step up. Um, definitely a different level of just intensity, physicality, guys just making the extra step playing for, for their... Uh, national team so yeah definitely big step um something i embrace obviously something more like a goal to set to to get to that level man i'm sure you get there and short term you're going down to leon this weekend what have you made of them so far you boys are sitting pretty we talked at the start of the podcast seven wins from seven at the weekend you guys are away from home this weekend to leon they're down an eighth but You've gone through your analysis Monday, Tuesday, looking ahead, team run coming up. Like, what are you going to have to do to go to Leon and come back with a win? Leon, very good team. Uh, they can punish you from here. Their counter attack is a very good offloading game, phenomenal. So, obviously, stopping that, we said it could focus on our defense uh, with Gazi and stuff. Um, just stopping that offload and opportunities uh, for them to play out and just play our game, going through our system with our malls. That works for us as we can focus on the small things, our scrums, our malls, getting the opportunities for our backline to attack and just uh, like almost like slow poison, just build it up and uh, starve them of the ball. We had Arno Berta on the show last week and there's some there's some big boys in that Leon group, yeah. but you mentioned the the threat. I mean, I don't know, Semi isn't there yet. So um, yeah. you get to swerve yeah. Semi around Randra, <laughs> which, is one, which is one good thing, but there's other threats. You look across that Leon backline and David Niniashvili, you mentioned him last week, Johnny, tearing it up at the moment. The fits they have in that backline is obviously like 
Aaron Rodgers not there yet. Uh, when he comes in that team, I think it's going to be massive. Like I said, stopping their backline is obviously key, and not like I said, starving them a ball is important. Not kicking too much, giving that opportunity because their counterattack is really good. Like the the players can punish individual brilliancy of that team is is crazy, and it's something obviously we looked at and um, worked on and stuff. And I, I definitely we have a plan for them, and uh, I think it's going to go well this weekend. Guys are ready. Like I understand uh, for the first time, I feel like everyone this level. If you don't get picked, there's a goal we set, and everyone's in that goal. So it's not like oh I didn't get picked, I'm a bit down. Everyone works hard. The team that's not playing is putting that effort to give us that. I'm going to say um, same standard. Like if we're on the fence going full on, helping us to prepare and everyone uh, knows the goal and understanding everything. And I think that's a massive difference this year. Slow poison. I like it. That was, <laughs> the, that was the bit I retained. It was the slow <laughs> I've never heard that before. I'm going to use that. I love it. 100%. Uh, forwards use it a lot in the scrum. So definitely don't always have to dominate in the beginning. Slow poison, legs have to get tired sometime. JJ, good luck this weekend and for the season moving forward. Thanks so much for coming on, telling us your story. And hopefully we'll have you on again towards the end of the season next year as you move closer to that dream of hopefully playing for France one day. Oh, thank you for having me. It's been awesome talking to you guys. And yeah, definitely coming back on um, off this season uh, having a chat with you guys. And thank you very much. Cheers, JJ. Cheers, guys. Thanks a lot, mate. Cheers. Slow poison, Johnny. I like that. <laughs> really good. You hadn't heard it. I hadn't heard it. But we're both going to use that one. I'm not sure where I'm going to use it in what context. It's probably mm. going to be seeping into this house. Um, I was going to say at home, I reckon. It's more useful sapping, than rugby. Sapping. <laughs> you kids are freaking slow poison. Um, <laughs> but man, yeah, awesome. Like totally refreshing in that he's not somebody I've met or played against in the flesh, but commentated on a lot. He, mate, he's just, he's just a unit. He's absolutely mm. massive. When you're commentating and you see like people warming up to go, he just, like, he just looks different. He's so much bigger. So he's another version of Manny um, Yaf. He's another ber- version of Big Paul Valemsi. He's just... A unit, but great to get to hear what makes him tick behind the scenes. Like interesting guy. Again, the fact that he was taken so young, they had high hopes for him. They wanted to get him in the academy, make him Gif, which we're going to see, like he mentioned, more and more. There's going to be more and more South African kids come over early and try and crack it in the top 14. So great to hear from a little bit his personality, see what makes him tick. Um, and mate, I just really hope he kicks on. I hope he gets more game time this year, starts more games. Um, and rumbles more minutes together because he's got the physical potential to really cause damage in the top 14. Yeah, you haven't played against him, Johnny, because as he pointed out several times Mate. during that, you, me, Paul Willem, Sir Rory Cocker, old enough to be his dad, kept saying it. Wow. Made me feel very old. Th- that aside, <laughs> I was like, the fact that he was 16 and 125 yeah. kegs, I was like, jeepers, man. You're talking different brackets of super heavyweight. I can't compete. So, yeah, and yes, old enough to be his dad. Um, but great to see another foreigner over in the league doing really well, uh, embracing it. We didn't really talk to him too much about Paris, the place, and how he enjoys it, but I'm sure he's a great time. And interesting because Fabian Gauté was going to be doing a press conference because obviously France again inundated with requests to hear from him after they were knocked out of the World Cup. It's been a few weeks, and that was supposed to be the end of November, and now that's been brought forward to today after we're recording, so we don't know what he's going to say. But sort of relevant I know JJ's a few years away but Manny Miafu qualifies tomorrow Pasolo to Ilangi ripping it up so whatever he has to say in that press conference maybe you can give us an insight but there are some very bright things on the horizon yeah there's also key well that's one you just touched on it but the key positions that are going to need to be filled 
and, and he's already given like an outline of what he's going to talk about. So we can give like a brief and we can look for and talk about it next week. But like one of the biggest ones is going to be like Winnie Antonio is obviously retiring. Um, two fives are retiring. So Paul Valencia alluded to the fact that he was going to retire. I don't know if he is. Big Roman Tao is retiring. So there are spots up for grabs at five. So there's a spot that is going to have to be taken. You look at Big Manny, the job he's doing, Pasolo, are these boys going to be brought straight into the Six Nations? Probably yes. And they're building now for the next World Cup. They want to win these games and, and challenge in the Six Nations. I can see Manny starting at five and a guy like Pasolo given game time off the bench. So it is going to be very cool to see what Fabian has to say, but he's going to debrief loads of different pieces. Like he has to give his explication, explication, explanation of why they got knocked out. So he's going to have to go through the nuts and bolts of the game. He's going to talk about the refereeing. He's going to talk about how they looked after the injured people, be it a Paul Valemsi, be it an Antoine Dupont, the lack of substitutions. The relationships with the new people that are coming in, Arletas, backline coach, Semperé, the new forwards coach, what are they going to be like? Is there going to be a change in style of play? There was a lot of talk about how France were very good without the ball. And then all of a sudden, when they were kicked loads of ball and they had to play with it, they they fell apart with 65% possession. You say fell apart, they lost by one point. But you know what I mean? The three games in the past 24 months that they had more than 50% possession, they lost the game. So yeah. is there going to have to be... Um, a change there. They're going to have to, he's been told he's talking about life without Antoine Dupont. So if Antoine Dupont goes off and plays the Olympics, what are they going to do without Antoine? Well, uh, loads of different bits. So mate, there's loads to cover. Super exciting. But the positive bit for me is now who's going to come in? Who's going to take the chance now to come in and be a new big player in a French team that is very well coached and who can take to the next level? Because that has got to be the aim, right? How do you win the next six nations and how do you look ahead to Australia in four years time? and get better, which they ultimately, clearly, I think, can go further than a quarter in four years' time. They could win it. They're one of four or five teams at the minute that can. You mentioned that he has to address these issues, and they've revealed the kind of areas that he's going to touch on. Why does he have to do this? Does he feel like he has to? Because obviously there was so much hype around the World Cup, and everyone was so invested in it. And then since they were knocked out, obviously there's been a a rest. People have gone away, himself included. Uh, and now he has to kind of react to the number of media inquiries that that they've been getting. I mean, knowing Fabian, I'm not so sure it's about media inquiries. I think that he'll want to communicate to the French rugby public himself um, and that he's a smart operator. He's a very good orator and he, he knows he comes across. So he will want to be the person that presents and says, look, these are the reasons why we were very close. We had a chance of winning this. It just didn't quite go our way. And you want to get them back on side because there was a little bit of disillusionment with, you know, refereeing decisions, how the, the draw went, all these things. And the Frenchies thought that went against them. And I think you want to get them back on side, get them fired up and say, look, we've got a team that can do this, that can challenge. Let's look ahead to the Six Nations and let's do this. Let's be confident and let's look forward. So I'm not sure it's because of media requests. I think that Fabian will want to speak to the French rugby public and just let them know they're working hard in the background and that they're ready to go on and kick on again. And that's it. You always want to address. It's horrible, these stale press conferences post-game. You want to do something that he'll want to do on his terms. And I think that's what it will be this afternoon. And you mentioned they lost by a point. They were so close. They played very well during the tournament. They were the host nation. Everything was buoyant. And for the previous couple of years, they've been brilliant. So this yeah. seems incredible to say, but there have been a few articles saying the honeymoon period is over. Clearly, there's a new challenge now and how he takes them on for the next four years. He's obviously staying. But is the honeymoon over? Is he under a bit of pressure now or is that just media talk? No, that's media talk. 
I mean, people are under pressure, like Eddie Jones, he was mm. under pressure, mate, and, and he's gone. Like Fabian Galtier is clearly the best coach in France um, and has got them playing better than they've ever played. Um, the unfortunate nature of the draw meant that they came up against a South African side that is also very good, but that game could easily have been a final. So I think there is an understanding and appreciation for Fabian, for the staff and for this generation of players that they've got and that they can keep them at the top table. You know, they can keep them in the top three, four rugby nations over the next cycle easily with the under-20s generations they've got coming through, the coaching staff, the prep and the time they get together. So no, I don't think there's any real stress or pressure on Fabian's job at all um, because he's been top class. Right, we've got loads of juicy gossip to talk about shortly. So many rumours in the top 14 at the moment already at this stage in the season. But first, let's find out what your metre moment of the week is, Johnny. We've talked about him at length, so I'm not sure it'll be a surprise. We could have had Perpignan, their first one of the season. Posolo Tuolagi, absolutely smashing boys. There was actually loads of ind- individual performances as well. You had Miotti, who was phenomenal for Oyana. We touched on him. Maxime Luku for Bordeaux, who are looking good now under Yannick Brew. Uh, Yato and Fritz Lee, the back row for Clermont, they were pretty freakish as well. Collingar, Rassing, after a couple of injury-ridden, ridden? Riddled. He wasn't ridden, he was riddled with injury um, <laughs> for a couple of seasons. Um, but it's old man Cockett. It's Rory Cockett, <laughs> mate, playing against Cast. Don't know how he's back playing. Fit as a fiddle, goal-kicking, turning ball over, smashing boys in defence from scrum half. Probably one of the, it was just classic Rory Cockett. Um, phenomenal individual performance, massive win for Stade Francais as well at the weekend. So the meter moment of the weekend is that man, Rory Cockett, an absolute freak show. And he would have loved every minute of it. hundred, especially against Cast. That's the thing, mate. You got to think he's been in France since, what, since 2010, 2011? Yeah, I think so. All of it at Cast with the team management, with those players. He's been there. He knows them all. He's taken the piss out of them every single day at training. He's been on top of them. He's annoyed them. I mean, what a time he's had. So to get them in Paris, to knock them over like that, like it was a humiliation. So he will have enjoyed it. He didn't show it too much at the end, um, but inside he will have been absolutely purring. There we go. That was Johnny's meter moment of the week. And meter is the world's number one wireless meat thermometer, recently making over 20 million cooks better with a game-changing app and completely wireless Bluetooth meat probe. You can use it on a barbecue, in the oven, or in a pan, and you can get your hands on one at meter.com. Plus, you can get 10% off any full-price item. All you have to do is enter the code FRENCHPOD10 at checkout. That's FRENCHPOD10, and you'll get 10% off any full-price item at meter.com. Teed up, Johnny. Rumors galore. Where do we start? There are so many to get through. And again, some of these have already been signed. Some of them are rumor mill, but you know the way it works in top 14. If it's in the rumor mill, it's pretty much as good as gold, isn't it? Well, interestingly, on that point, I thought we'd have a bit of fun. We mentioned last week that they were sort of starting. There are a few in here that might be done and dusted already that have been floating around for a while and we just haven't quite covered yet. But I thought we would grade them maybe you can give it a class a if it's likely i don't know if this is the right thing to do a class, class a, a class drug. B, but come on well, yeah we can do it we can do it we won't mention the d word but yeah don't do that kids but class a if they're you know likely or that maybe if they're done already class b 50 50 class c can't see it happening so it just adds a little extra bit of spice to the the rumors because there will be some every week from now until forever 
we we're not making these rumors up by the way we should say we've heard them from somewhere whether it's on the grapevine in the media somewhere we promise we're not just creating these out of nowhere but do you want to kick us off johnny sam underhill mm. to racing or bordeaux so it's clearly not a deal done but a couple of agents over here french media think he's on his way over we mentioned a couple of england players last week so there kind Mate, of is a theme there's going to be more and more like with what's happening with salary cap in the premiership, the loss of three sides, they have to go somewhere. And that's it. So they won't even, I don't think, be that expensive for the French clubs to pick up. Junior Kapoku, he's signed for Racing already. That's been announced and done. So Junior's a class A. I'm sorry, I'm sticking with this, Johnny. You're not. Hey, Simon that's Nell, done. I don't know. Who knows? Like That's just a, I don't know. It could be agent talk. Could be trying to drive up a bigger wedge at Bath. Or it could be something in it. Are you giving <sighs> that the wedge at Bath's all gone to Finn Russell, mate. Sam, yeah. Sam Montel's got to go somewhere to get some wedge. So, no, like once it starts seriously talking like CVs are getting pushed around various clubs in France, that means that player's coming to France. So I would say Sam Underhill, that's a B coming to France. Junior Kapoku, he is signed for Racing. Will Collier to cast? You heard that one? Yeah, from Quinns. I mean, he's been there his whole life. So maybe breath of fresh air, bit of a change. He'd probably get, he, like you say, he's a seasoned prop in the premiership but he's probably not on a massive wedge but for a couple of years at the end of his career in france he'll probably get paid significantly more you'll take it so that's a possible we'll give that a b class b there you go a b plus <laughs> uh the other one we talked about last was cal sinclair going to toulon and that's looking like it's picking up real traction i yeah. can't decide if that's a good signing or not scrummaging weaknesses it's scrummaging so i'm like you come over to the top 14 as a tight head prop they don't want you to pass mate i mean if you can pass that's great if you can tackle it's a nice bonus, but your meat and drink is you're here to scrummage in the hardest scrummaging league in the world. So it looks like it's going to be done, but is that going to be a deal that Toulon are going to be happy with in a year? Let's hope so for Kyle, but on the evidence of recent scrummaging, risky. Uh, Remy Baget to cast, that's deal done from Bayonne. So that's an A++++. Spoken <laughs> to him about that. He's definitely going. Uh, we also talked, I'm not sure we did talk about last week, but Matteo Carreras, who's been flying for Argentina yeah. to buy on a three-year deal. So that was announced by sources and buy on last week. And now they're saying, actually, he hadn't signed the pre-contract. So verbally he said yes, but his CV is still piling around other clubs in the top 14. So that would make me think he's not going to buy on. Another Scott coming to Toulon, Blair Kinghorn. You've already got Ben White down there, but Blair Kinghorn apparently is making a move down to the RAD. I'm going to give that a B. They've said his contract is definitely up at the end of the season and given what we know about Scottish rugby I suppose would make sense again like money talks and if Ben White's gone down there you, you'd think Blair Kinghorn might want to change the scenery not necessarily too long but there's a difference though because Ben White was because of London Irish in this situation True. right whereas with Blair Kinghorn he's first choice fullback at Edinburgh he's nailed down now to be the star with Scotland so yeah it's an interesting one it's an interesting one because you can leave and it can't go well. Whereas at the minute, he's got absolutely everything ready to fire with Scotland. So mate, I'd love to see him come over and do really well, but not 100% confirmed. So I'm going to give it a B. Uh, Yori seconds the buy-on from Stade Francais. That's already been confirmed. So we're going to give that an A. Jasper Visa to Stade Francais. We just talked to another Saffer um, who neither confirmed nor denied. Um, <laughs> but that is swirling around French media everywhere as well that... New coaches at Stade Francais want to take him to Paris. So I'm going to give that a B++++ because I think they're looking for a big ball carrying eight. 
Joe Jonas to Stade Francais as well, my favourite Jonas brother, wonderful singer um, <laughs> from Buritz. Um, mate, he's outstanding. Uh, yeah, and there's been loads, there's been loads of clubs after him as well, like extremely talented, gifted, um, create something out of nothing. Joe Jonas, a hell of a highlights reel, but you will have seen a lot more of him than most week in, week out. I mean, that would be a great move for him, wouldn't it, Stade Francais? Yeah, and it's the move that Hamdawi made from Biritz um, up to Paris maybe five, six seasons ago, and he's absolutely flown. And look, Biritz isn't stable, man. Like, uh, I've got mates that are there in the coaching staff. I know the president to bump into and say hello to, but like, it, it, it's tough. With everything that's going on there and the uncertainty around, you know, the background of the club and what's happening and who's backing it and are they going to sell it? And they haven't recruited. So that'd be a good move, I'd say, for Joe Jonas. So I'm going to give that an A minus. Not sure if this is mixing with your coding system, but I'm trying my best. <laughs> the minus and pluses are adding something. I like it. Yeah. Uh, Michael Alalatoa to Clermont as well. That's another one that's been swirling around Rugby Rama and French media this week. Again, that's probably because Christophe Urios is looking to recruit and stamp a bit more authority on this side. I don't know. Like Again, like it's another tight head prop that isn't the traditional mould for France in that he's quite light. Like He's an athletic, tough, hmm. big boy, but... Normally, your tight head props in France are your absolute scrummaging beasts. So wait, see if that happens. Uh, one that has been confirmed is Baptiste Chouzenou, an old teammate of mine who was at Bayonne. He's been up at Racing 92, done really well. He's signed to come back down the road, so that is a guaranteed. Jean Klein, a lot of talk this week back home about him being released potentially from his contract at Munster and moving straight to Lyon or coming at the end of the season. And that you hear a lot of people are unhappy at Munster. So you've got to think there, there's a little deal being done, maybe a buyout of a contract and maybe he's coming straight over. So I'm going to give that an A- minus as well. And mate, the other one is Demba Bemba from Leon to Racing, which apparently is a deal done. So that is an A++++++++. But mate, how many is that? We, I think we must have done something like 15 Double deals figures, there. Yeah. Done well. I reckon there's probably more, but those are the big names. Those are the big ones that, we might see happening in the coming weeks they might not be announced for a while because you know formalities the, the other thing to add is like say Baptiste Chouzenou who's a mate of mine he has already announced that is for the end of the season yeah. like all these deals are like we're only what five games in and I've always found that I don't know like I know it gets done behind closed doors but I've always thought that clubs would wait a little bit before they announced these things. There was a time when you weren't allowed to do it, wasn't there? There wasn't a time. You're still you're still not allowed to do it, really. Yeah. But the clubs have already started announcing. So Shu, who's a good mate, is obviously sorted his future, delighted for him, but it's already been announced publicly on like the buy on social media that he's coming next season, which is great and they're happy, but he's still got a whole year of playing to do for um for Racing. So hopefully he gets through it, does well, and then uh, gets back home with his little one, he's just a little baby as well, uh, back down the road to buy on. Nice. More rumours, class A's, class B's, class C's, next week, I'm sure. Don't Wait, do we're drugs, doing, doing away the, Don't do drugs. We're doing away with the classes. It's gone. Back to the grind, top 14 this weekend. Which games are we going to be talking about as the big ones on next week's show? Um, so, you've got Toulouse, who were absolutely dreadful and were panned by their coaching team for their promise at Pole. Uh, they've now got Perpignan coming to them. That's going to be a big game. Cast, uh, again, who got absolutely smashed away in Paris. They are hosting Oyana. You've got to think Cast are going to win that one. Lyon Stade Francais is a game that I could see going either way. Really looking forward to that. But Lyon still finding their feet. New young coach, Stade Francais, absolutely flying. 
you can tell just by the injection, JJ was saying new coaches, different attitudes, super professional. I think that could go either way. That'll be a big game. Montpellier, Clermont as well. Um, Clermont, again, the boys, they're dripping in. They've got boys back from the World Cup. There were apps, George Mawala, who barely played. Fritz Lee, who's outstanding at the World Cup. So depending on what side they put out, um, that'll be a huge game as well. Montpellier under a little bit of pressure. They've already lost once uh, at home. Paul Bordeaux, I know Paul won against Toulouse, but I could see Bordeaux going to Paul and turning them over. Bordeaux looked really sharp. So Thibaut Giroud, Yannick Bru, um, and you look at the list of boys, you had Damien Penel watching that game from the stands, but Biai Barre was playing. And If everyone's fit, their back line is terrifying. Man. Unbelievable. Moefana, Maxime Luku, who was ridiculous at the weekend, Mathieu Jalibert. The back three is outrageous. Um, and that's what I'm mentioning, guys like Samu and guys that rocked up from Australia to bolster up front. So they are going to be hot this year. La Rochelle, Bayonne. Mate, La Rochelle need to win. Uh, they need to get some of their players back. Hopefully they've been back in training this week. We saw the Toulouse boys have been back. So you got Anton Jolange, Anton Dupont have all been back in Toulouse. You've got hope for La Rochelle. They get their team back and they get their confidence because these games are going to come thick and fast. They then got Champions Cup rugby coming as well. Um, and Toulon Racing, which again, Toulon lost that game. They've just lost Dan Bigger for how long? We shall wait and see, but mate, that's going to be a massive one. You've got Stu Lancaster who's got that Racing side properly purring as well. I know they won last minute. I mean, that could have been meter moment. Tristan Terra, like yeah. try on the buzzer, conversion and extra time uh, to win that game at the weekend. So they're on a high as well, but Toulon, they they need to sort of get back to winning ways. So, mate, looking forward to it. Loads of top 14 action to look forward to this weekend. Loads of class games. And yeah, really looking forward to it. Loads of class A games, you're right. <laughs> well, you mentioned them all there, I think. So, yeah, you're right. We're going to talk about all of them next week. I'm Johnny. pumped. Why not? Pumped. Yeah. I'm pumped. I'm looking forward to it. I'm looking forward to the regularity of making some of these games. Mate, taking Lockheed now is seven and a half and just mm. wants to go and watch rugby. So, working on a few taking family and just enjoying the atmosphere. Awesome games, class teams, well coached. So looking forward to it. Good rugby to watch. Thanks, Johnny. A big thanks to JJ Van Der Mesh for joining us as well. And thanks to all you guys for listening. Make sure you hit subscribe. Leave us a nice review if you can. Check us out on Rugby Pass and on YouTube. And we'll be back with another episode next week. Au revoir, Johnny. Cheers, mate. Bye.